Yo, 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 thanks for tuning in to episode number 11 of Superstar Success University. I'm super excited to have California Teacher of the Year and my really good friend, Mr. Alex Kajitani. You ready to do this, Alex? I am. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So Alex Kajitani is the 2009 Teacher of the Year and the top four finalist for National Teacher of the Year. He is the teacher coach, creator of The Rapid Mathematician, and the author of Owning It, Proven Strategies for Success in All Your Roles as a Teacher Today. Now, Alex, that's just a little piece of who you are and what you do. Go ahead and tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as you said, I am the, the 2009 California Teacher of the Year, and I've been uh, actually I've spent the past ten years of my life teaching uh, math in um, to middle school students. And so, if you ever think that um, if you ever think that you're having trouble selling something or marketing something or convincing somebody that something is good for them, I implore you to try telling a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds why they need math and that math <laughs> is good for them. It's, uh, That's right. it's, it's, it's really been a, a really great challenge, but really a, a fun challenge as well. And so um, I am known around the country, at, as you said, as the rapid mathematician. And what I did was I I've created rap music CDs that actually teach math and engage the students that I'm teaching in in math. And so oh, awesome. um, it's just been a, a just a really fun years. I, like I said, I've been teaching math for the past 10 years. And then more recently this this year and over the past few years, I've really started going around the country and, and really inspiring educators to continue doing the great work that we're doing all across the country in order to help our students reach uh, reach new heights and reach their full potential. Yeah, it's amazing to see the work that you do. It's fun. It's exciting. And, you know, if you don't know about Alex, y'all got to follow his work. And so the rapid mathematician, how did you come up with that idea? It's funny because I, I actually say it was it was born out of survival. Uh, during my first year of teaching several years ago, I was actually just struggling to even just get my students to pay attention. You know, I, I couldn't get them to sit still and I couldn't get them to pay attention. And I certainly couldn't get them to remember the math rule that I had just taught them a few minutes ago. <laughs> right. And so I was actually just really, really frustrated as a teacher. And, you know, I, I had gone through all my school and got all my credentials and my degrees. And I thought this is going to be great. And then there I was trying to teach math and I couldn't even get the kids to listen to me. But what I noticed is that a rap song would come out on the radio on Monday, mm -hmm. and by Tuesday, they seemed to have every single word memorized. And so I thought, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm going to start writing my own rap songs about math. Because, of course, when the kids were coming in rapping, they were rapping about violence and drug use and abusing women and things like that. And so I, I went home and I wrote a rap song called The Itty Bitty Dot about the decimals that we were, we were studying, adding and subtracting <laughs> decimals. And I, I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, totally be the man tomorrow when I, when I start rapping in school. And so I got there early the next day and I got everything ready and the students came in and I busted out the itty bitty dot. And I will tell you, it was a complete disaster. The <laughs> students absolutely started laughing at me and I can still picture I had one student host way. He's, he was laughing so hard. He started clutching his stomach and he fell out of his chair and hit his head on the carpet. And I actually had to send him to the nurse for an ice pack. And <laughs> so I thought, okay, that was, that was a disaster, you know, and I, I just kind of blew it off and went about my day. But then later, as I went to lunch to, in the teacher's lounge, I walked by the student lunch tables and all the students were singing the itty bitty dot. 
And the next day they ran into my classroom and they were so excited and they were saying things like, are you going to rap again? Yesterday was the best day ever in math class. And Josue, whose head was all better now, actually asked me if I was going to quit teaching and be on MTV full time. (laughs) So, uh, of course, the greatest... uh, the greatest thing that I saw happen was at the end of the week, my students' test scores on adding and subtracting decimals absolutely shot through the roof. And I was teaching in a, a school with a really high um, poverty rate, and they actually began to match and then outpace their more affluent counterparts. And so, uh, of course, they started anytime that I had a, a math concept that I, a new math concept that I was teaching, I'd make up a little rap song about it. And the students said, "Well, you need a name," and so I started calling myself the rapping mathematician. And uh, then the other teachers came to me and said, hey, we hear about these rap songs, but we don't want to rap in our own class. Is there any way that you could record them on a CD for us so that we can use them in our class? And so I did that. And long story short, those CDs are now being used in classrooms and homes all over the world in order to engage students in in learning math and, and to make math cool. Dang, I, I think I gotta go check MTV. I want to go on their website to see if you made it a music yeah, videos on there. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure they haven't called yet, but I think being on your show, I think being on your show is the next best thing. There you go, superstar. I'm telling you, That's you're the right. superstar of maybe, maybe here. they'll call. Maybe they'll call after this show. Yeah, I I bet you they're all lined up. They're waiting. They're waiting. It's, it's funny though because as I've you know as I've progressed in my own career and created more rap music. CDs and things like that. One of one of the things that I've always stayed true to in my message is that I'm a teacher who raps, not a rapper who teaches. And so that's something that's been very important to me is that my my main mission here is still to, you know, to be a good teacher, to have the students learn math, to have the students become, you know, wonderful human beings. And so I always try to make that distinction that I'm I'm a teacher who happens to use rap music as one teaching tool not a rapper who happens to be in the classroom i love that and i just appreciate your huge heart for helping out this younger generation and so you being california teacher of the year i see that as like a huge success like that's a big wow for me i'm like how did you do that now i know that there were a lot of challenges just like you know you becoming that rapping teacher or rapping mathematician there were challenges along the way or there was a story or a journey along the way i would love to hear your journey on how you got where you are today yeah you know it's it's funny because people people ask me all the time you know what what was the moment that you knew you wanted to be a teacher or right. what was the Common moment question. that you knew that you wanted to go into education and for me there was actually never a a single moment or a life-changing experience or epiphany or anything like that. And and the truth is that I, I just always knew that I wanted to be a teacher, even from a very young age. And so what that did was that placed me at, you know, really a great advantage as somebody who knew that they wanted to be a teacher. Because, you know, even in high school, I was mentally cataloging lessons that my teachers were doing uh, that that worked or the way that they were interacting with the students or even, you know, I still do some, some math tricks and some, some things in the classroom that I saw my own teachers doing. And so that was something that was really cool. But the other thing was, I always also knew that I didn't want to just, you know, go to high school, go to college and then be a teacher. I wanted to have some, some life experiences that I could take with me into the classroom. And so 
after college, I spent a lot of time traveling all over the world. I've traveled all through um, Southeast Asia and Asia and Europe and Africa and South America and and through Central America. And, and you know, each time, everywhere that I went, I knew that I would someday be sharing those experiences and perspectives with my students. And so, you know, I've dined at some of the the fanciest restaurants in Sweden and and I've lived on rice and mangoes and in you know some of the poorest countries like Cambodia and and interacted and, and spent time with you know absolutely people who are living in what we would see as some of the most desolate situations imaginable. But the entire time, regardless of what I was doing, I was comforted by the fact that I knew that I would someday be sharing those images or those stories and things like that with my students in order to help them create not just the world as it is, but the world as it can be. And so pretty much everything that I'm doing, everything that I always do has something to do with, I'm always thinking about, okay, how can I share this with my students? And now that I'm going around and and doing a lot of speaking to teachers and speaking at conferences and doing a lot of writing, I'm constantly sharing those experiences with um, with teachers, and so I'm always seeing every opportunity as a chance to just have a a much bigger classroom. Love it. The world, you know how they say, all the world's a stage, all the That's world's right. a classroom. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> and so, what was it like for you growing up? You know, I, I actually had a, a pretty good childhood. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, there was there was no. I'm not somebody who's who sort of rose from the ashes or anything right, like that. Right, right, right. And I think that that's, you know, that it's okay to, you know, I am who I am. And I, mm-hmm. I grew up in Irvine, California with, um, you know, an, an awesome mom and an awesome dad and an awesome brother and, and a, in a great school system with teachers who um, were very good at what they do in a community that was very supportive of education and, and things like that. You know, I am, my parents did get uh, divorced when I was 17. And so I, I sort of, you know, had to deal with not a perfect life, but a a pretty good life. And so again, I I also know that this uh, most uh, many of the students that I teach, many of the people that I interact with didn't have what I had growing up. Um and so again, I I just want to I know that it's possible to to grow up in a world where, you know, things are maybe not good in the world necessarily, but good in my world. And so I I just want that for as many of my students and as many as of my colleagues as possible. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. You, you being the positive person that you are, I really feel that you're like one of the most positive people I know. What's one of your favorite positive quotes? It's funny when you were saying all the world's a classroom because uh, one of my, my favorite quotes that I actually had hanging on my desk for a long time is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said that that which we are, we shall teach. Uh, say that one more time, please. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, that which we are, we shall teach. Love it. And you know, I see it time and time again. Our students, our own children, our friends, our colleagues, they know when we're faking it. Yeah, that's right. The only option that we really have in this world is to just be real yeah. and just be real with who we are mm-hmm. as a person. And you know, the people around us see that and they learn more from who we are. And we're teaching every single day, the people around us about the world around them. When we just 
are ourselves. You know, when, when I first started rapping, I thought I had to be like Snoop Dogg or, or Eminem. And, you know, I'm, I had to become comfortable with just being that weird and wacky math teacher who is willing to get up in front of his students and rap. And what I've learned over the years is that's what being cool really is. It's just being comfortable with who we are and with what we do. And so again, that, that which we are, we shall teach. And I want my students and and the people around me to know that and to see that every single day that we've got to just be real and when we are, we teach way more than anything we could ever teach out of a textbook or from a computer program. Yeah, I, I just love how you brought that up because I have the, one of my topics for speaking is the art of being cool. And the essence of the art of being cool to the students is really, like you said, just be yourself because that's who you know you are created to be and you don't have to do anything more than that and you know uh, there are times where it's hard to be ourselves when people are wanting you to be somebody else but at the end of the day if it, if it doesn't feel right for you then don't be that don't do that it's so very true it's so very true you can you can you just can't fake it these days mm-hmm. so along the journey of you being california teacher of the year and all the great successes you you've been creating all around the world I know that there are some people that helped you along the way. Are there any specific people that you'd like to mention on who helped you in your journey? Yeah, well, you know, obviously my wife, Megan Pincus Kajitani, she's actually um, my editor. And so she, she <laughs> awesome. you know, basically, uh, you know, not only my editor in life, but but my editor in, um, in all of the writing that I do and uh, all of the speeches that I give and things like that. And so she's just been, you know, absolutely instrumental with helping me to, to think through concepts and rethink through concepts. She's a brilliant writer herself. Um, And so it's, you know, every time that I I give her a piece of my writing and she edits it, she just absolutely changes the, the trajectory of, you know, what I see as possible, not only in the world, you know, in the world, as well as with, with my own writing. And so she's really been instrumental. I'll tell you my own children too. I, I thought I had things figured out until I had my own children. And uh, now I've got a a couple of wonderful kids an an eight year old girl and a five year old boy. And I have learned more about myself just from, you know, having to survive as, as a parent and, um, and all of the things that, that they have led me to. And so you know, along with my own family, I think just the, the teachers that I that I've been interacting with over the years, and the teachers and the administrators and and the and the people who, you know, I really have in my life. I I just consider, you know, everybody in my life there for a certain purpose. Sometimes it, it's not the most comfortable, you know, feeling in the world having having certain people, but I, I truly believe that everyone is is in my life and are in our lives for a specific purpose. And sometimes we've just got to find out what that purpose is. And of course, sometimes we find out what that purpose is way later. And sometimes sometimes we never know what that purpose is. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But I I do truly believe, as the Buddhists say, that there are no accidents. And uh, so I just, uh, I'm really, really thankful for for everyone I interact with. And I, I don't necessarily see any one interaction as more or less. um, Right as any more or less of a priority than or significant than another. I, I truly believe each moment is um, valuable and, and something to learn from and to teach others about. 
Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> just this past weekend, my cousin gave me a call, and he he was with all the cousins. There were there were about twenty of them, and they all gathered around the phone and they asked this big question. And they asked, "So, Romeo, who's your favorite cousin?" Uh. I, <laughs> I was like, uh, "Uh, now, like," and I told them my truth. I said, honestly. There, I don't have a favorite cousin because each of you really have a special gift and e- each of you have a special something that has lit me up in my life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so funny. And I'd, I'd say uh, I'll, I'm interested to see what your answer is when they, uh, when they approach you one-on-one, right? I, I know. <laughs> I know. That's right. So I know that some of the listeners are parents or teachers. So my question to you is, what do you suggest to parents and teachers on how to motivate students to succeed in the classroom? Yeah, you know, I mean, there. the truth is there isn't any one single way. There are lots and lots of ways. Right. But, but there, there's one way that I always um, have found a lot of success with, with that I truly believe is important. And that's that as teachers and parents, what we need to do is, is what I call re- reverse the teaching. We spend so much time trying to take our curriculum as teachers or our lessons as parents and force it into our students' lives. And what we need to do is actually reverse that. And we need to take our students and our kids' lives and see where that fits into the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So for example, we can't just teach, teach, teach as teachers and then expect the kids to go out and incorporate what we teach into their lives. What we need to do instead is think about the lives that our students lead lead, and see where we can insert those into the standards that we need to teach already. You know, I, I was trying unsuccessfully to teach adding and subtracting decimals, and I was trying it over and over and over again. But when I stopped and I said, okay, what's going on in my students' lives and realized how into rap music they were? And how can I then insert that into the curriculum that I'm already trying to teach? Mm -hmm. Suddenly, everything changed for me. Mm -hmm. As parents, you know, we've got to, a lot of times, stop thinking about, okay, what are all the lessons that I want my, my kids to learn? And instead, look at what the kids are doing and see how that can fit into a certain lesson. And so just by making that simple switch, again, stop trying to take the things we need to teach and forcing it into our students and instead take our students' lives and see where that fits into the curriculum. Everything changes because what changes is the fact that the the students are not there to support the curriculum. The curriculum is there to support the students. And so always thinking about the students or our children and their experience in lives first, and then the curriculum is just a huge difference and it's a fairly easy one that we can make, which really changes everything. I love how you just said that because it's more than just the teaching itself. It's the connection aspect. Yeah, it's interesting too. I had a student who was really into skateboarding. And so I, you know, I could have started by, by teaching all of the math and then somehow relating that to skateboarding. Instead, what I said was, what are you passionate about? He said skateboarding. And then I said, oh, skateboarding. Here's how skateboarding fits into the math that we're going to be learning this year. (laughs) And that changed everything. It's that simple tweak. Yeah, exactly. And so 
There are times where you're going about life. I just want to hear your approach on this. So there are times where things are going good and you're flowing and you're just in your in your zone. And then there are times where just a storm hits. What do you do to pick yourself back up when a storm hits? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times one of the things that we don't have is a plan for when things don't go well. We don't have a plan for managing failure and, and things like that. And so um, the other thing, though, is what I have found is that when I have my absolute work, when I have my absolute best days of teaching, usually it's the day after my absolute worst day of teaching. <laughs> and that's often just kind of how it goes, because when you have a really bad day in the classroom, you know, you have a choice to make. And that choice is, you know, quit or figure out another way and, and keep on going. And so, you know, for me, the one thing that I've been an athlete all my life. And so the one thing that I've, you know, truly um, fall back on is I know that I've actually been a swimmer and a surfer and that if I can get in the water and just let go of things for a while, I usually come, come back much stronger. And so, you know, like I said, it's different for a lot of people, but for me, the, that exercise and that mind body is, just so crucial. And so if I get it, if I've had a horrible day and I can get over to the pool uh, or get in the ocean and just kind of swim a few laps or catch a few waves and sort of take my mind off it, what I usually do is when I get out of the pool or I get back to the the shoreline, I just feel so much more refreshed and, and so much, um, you know, so much happier. And then the other thing that I found a lot of times is that if I'm truly, truly struggling with something and I don't know what the answer is, I start doing an activity that I love that takes my mind off it. And of course, just as my mind is completely removed from the subject that I'm struggling with, boom, the answer falls <laughs> right. right into my when head. When you disconnect, and, right? Yeah. And then, of course, I, I, I just sort of figure it out. I, I can't tell you how many solutions I've found to problems that I've had, you know, while a wave was just hitting me on the head and I wasn't thinking about it at all. And so I would just encourage anybody to, to have a plan and have not even doesn't even need to be a plan, but just have something that they already do that they know about that they love. And, it, you know, it's okay to just say, you know, that was a disaster, or that didn't work, or I'm feeling horrible. And when I, when that happens, here's what I go do, and then just go do it. I've never regretted taking some time away from whatever the problem at hand was, and in order to, you know, get back to who I need to be. Love it. There's a common theme with all the people that I've been interviewing. A common theme is really like taking care of yourself or do things that you love so that you can perform better in your work as a parent, in your business, or whatever it may be. So thank you for bringing that up. And yeah, and you know what? That's when what does it come back to? The people around us see us doing that, and that which we are, we shall teach. Ah, uh, see? Emerson, that's my dog. I mean, that's, that's not my right. dog, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so you being the amazing parent that you are, hold on, let me pause that real quick. Y'all, I just want to let you guys know that Alex's daughter just recently did a TEDx talk down there in Southern California, and she rocked it. And I, how, old is, how old is your daughter? She's eight years old. She's eight years old, and she did a TEDx talk. Now, how does one allow their daughter or, you know, yeah, lead their daughter to step into a huge accomplishment like that? 
You know what's funny is um, just in, in case your listeners are are interested, just on you know on YouTube, you can search the the TEDx talk called "Lemons to Lemonade." I love that title. I love that. Yeah, title. it's it's just uh, it's just under five minutes, and it's already getting you know just an incredible amount of hits, and is is being shared. And you know whether you're eighty, whether you're eight or eighty, we all can can learn some lessons of this the concept of turning lemons into lemonade, right. um, but. Quite honestly, the truth is I didn't lead her to it. Neither did my wife. We basically just kind of followed her and supported her. She had, um, she, my daughter has had, a, you know, a lot of um, health issues and things like that. And, and she truly has found a way to, to turn lemons into lemonade with all of the things that she's been struggling with since she was just one and a half years old. And, and so she, it was her idea. She wanted to do the, uh, the TED talk. And so at that point, um, she really feels, you know, even at eight years old, like she has a, a message out there to share. So <laughs> the truth is we really had no choice, but to just support her, <laughs> right. to su- support her and help her. Now, obviously, you know, we were, you know, my wife being a writer and, and me being a speaker, we were able to, you know, share some wisdom and help yeah. her kind of some of the technical aspects, but I got to say the inspiration seriously came all from her. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I tell a lot of people this, especially a lot of parents and, and teachers, that this younger generation is like in tune with a greater uh, purpose. I don't know what that is, but they, they're really in tune with what's going on in the world. And they're here to, this might sound woo-woo to some people, but they're here to deliver something great to make our world better. I honestly believe that. I think so too. And, you know, I, I think that they're coming into this world at a time when they see a lot of the, the destruction that's been caused, you know, by, by the generations before them, you know, environmental destruction and, you know, just a, a world that's really been tormented by war and, and by racism and, and by economic decisions that have led to, you know, great declines. But at the same time, they see, the beauty and they see the opportunities and mm-hmm. you know while while generations before them are talking about the world as it is they're really focused on the world as it, it can be and and that's something that uh, I really really commend them for and and I I truly believe that that we are looking at a world that is going to get better and better and it's going to be led by 8-year-olds like my daughter <laughs> that's right so as you know, I just wrote the success messages, and it's about inspiring you know, your potential, your passion, and purpose. And my mission for that book is changing the world one message at a time. And so my question to you is, what's your message to the world? You know, my message to the world is, is truly, and as, as simple and as complex that it sounds, is just two words, and that's be real. Because when we are when we're, we're willing to be real and when we're willing to look at issues from the lens of, of what, who we really are and, and what we really need and what it's really going to take in order to make things better for, you know, for ourselves and for the people around us and for, you know, those who don't even know us, it all starts with just truly being real. And so I I try to have those two words guide me in um, the decisions that I make and um, the message that I spread every time I'm talking to somebody. So I encourage everybody out there to, whenever you're thinking about something, struggling with something, take a deep breath and say, be real to yourself and, and use that as both a starting and an ending point. 
Awesome. See, you one of the realest people I know, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you represent that message really well, so I thank you for saying that. So where can people find you or follow you on your journey to new levels of success? Absolutely. You can uh, just check out my website, which is alexkajatani.com. Uh, let me spell that for you. It's, <laughs> right. a, it's A-L-E-X-K-A-J-I. T-A-N-I.com uh, and if you're interested in the rap and mathematician if you know a kid out there who loves math or hates math um, I encourage you you can check out my website or you can also check out mathraps.com that's M-A-T-H-R-A-P-S.com for the rap and mathematician and you also did two TEDx talks talks I mean and, <laughs> and you also did two talks with TEDx um, yep. Go ahead and share with the audience what the titles are. Yeah, those, those are on YouTube. My uh, The first one that I did that's being used by parents and educators all over is called Making Math Cool. Uh, and that was at TEDx Village Gate. And uh, the second one that I just recently did is uh, was at TEDx Encinitas. And that's called Why Race Matters and How to Talk About It. And I highly recommend that talk for anybody who, anybody who is or knows somebody who... Um, you know, ha- is uh, is biracial in America. Um, I kind of take them, you know, in 14 minutes, I take you through my journey and as well as the significance of why race matters and why we can't just push it aside and, and try not to talk about it. And also why, how, when we do talk about it, it really can be an empowering, wonderful thing um, and something that's not difficult to do if you sort of use some of the strategies that I talk about. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much, Alex, for being on this show. It's an honor. You're like my first, like, real, real teacher. Like, all right, a, a teacher on this show, and you just you have a huge heart, and you know, you you, you definitely inspire me. Well, thanks so much, and congratulations on uh, on all your success, and uh, just keep doing what you do. All right, Alex, be real, be true, and I'll talk to you later. Excellent, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with Alex and I. I hope you received some great inspiration and great insight to take your life to the next level. Some key points to remember are help people to see the world not as it is, but what it could be. There are no accidents. If you're struggling with something and don't know what the answer is, just start doing an activity to keep your mind off it because when you let go, that's when the best answers usually tend to come. Nurture yourself. Remember, you're always in choice. And finally, just be real. If you know a friend, a relative, or a colleague that you think may find this episode valuable, please feel free to share it with them. Also, I would love it if you can write a review for this episode as I'm trying to build up more ratings to inspire more people across the globe. And if you would like to receive free tips and tools to elevate your greatness and stay updated on future episodes, you can opt in on my website at RomeoMarquezJr.com. Go ahead and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for inspiration and motivation. You can just search my name, Romeo Marquez Jr. All right, y'all, this is Romeo signing off saying keep believing, keep loving, and continue to ignite your light with the world because the world needs you. It's time. It's time. Oh, yeah. It's time. Peace.